Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love to talk to creative types about how they do their thing, how they hang in there, the ups and downs of it all. And today my guest is, a, is an old friend of mine who I haven't seen in at least 15 years, Jennifer Seahe. She is a singer and she uh, is known for voicing the singing voice of the popular anime series Sailor Moon. So if you're a fan of Sailor Moon, you've heard her sing. Um, I know Jennifer from back in the 90s when I first moved to L.A. We used to hang out and do things. We even did a cabaret show together, which we talk about in this. She's outrageously funny and talented. And uh, before we did the interview, we went to breakfast and kind of really caught up about all the, the challenging things and great things that we've been through in the last 15 years. It was wonderful. Um, I love Jennifer, and uh, I'm so proud of how she's persevered and integrated her life and everything she's got going on. So before I get to that interview, though, um, I want to mention my LifeCast legacy interviewing business. I um, Basically, LifeCast is you hire me to interview you or a loved one about, their, about your life. I edit it all together with music and, and chapters, and it ends up being like sort of audio heirloom that you can share with your family like a podcast. Um, my friend Jeffrey Schwartz is a filmmaker, and he was one of my very, very first clients when I started this. He hired me to interview his parents. So this would have been early 2018. I went to New York and, and did the interview. They were delightful and, and interesting and moving and great and funny, and just recently, Jeffrey's father, Jack, had his 80th birthday, and so Jeffrey had taken, I don't know, about 45 minutes of the LifeCast interview and edited it with pictures and film footage and all of this stuff and did it for his dad's 80th birthday, and they showed it in a little theater with everybody there, um, and I guess it was just amazing, but it was amazing to watch Jeffrey use his talent in documentary form to accompany this interview that I did. It was it was great. So um, if you'd like to get, I, I can't promise you a movie, <laughs> but if, you, if you'd like to get your story down or someone that you love, I just finished another one for a friend of mine's parents, uh, father or mother. I've been doing a lot of, a lot of my first clients have been parents of friends. So um, it was wonderful. And if it's out of LA, we can talk about traveling and figuring out how to cover the expenses and... Uh, because I love doing it, and the families love getting it. So to learn more about that, anyway, go to getalivecast.com. That's enough about that. Here is Jennifer C. Hey there, I'm coming to you from my own uh, condo in North Hollywood, and my guest is Jennifer Seahe, my old friend. Ah, you are I can't believe it! Visiting for the weekend from Nashville. Yeah. You're a wonderful singer, performer. Uh, I don't remember the last time we were face-to-face. Do you? I 20 do, years? It's, I don't remember. I can't say. Our, maybe, oh, the filming of the video that Scott and Derek LaSala uh, produced. Remember where I was singing on stage with the three girls? I think you were there. I think I might have been there, yeah. You were dancing there. in the audience. Yes. We did this whole promotional video for this band it was in called The Real Deal. Okay. And you were there and Scott and, De- and okay. LaSala, they like directed it. A long, long time ago. Literally, that was 20 or more yeah. years ago. But you remember this condo that you were in? You remember yes. my mural and stuff like that? It's all coming back. Oh my back. God, it's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. Yes. So we're going to go down memory lane a little bit, but I also want to talk to you about your singing and your career, life in Nashville, and also this this uh, project that you did way back in the day that has led you to this whole other um, Rebooting life. myself at 50-something years old. Which is so interesting to me. 
you were the singing voice of Sailor Moon, which is a popular anime from Japan. Japan cartoon that they re revoiced in English dub. Right, and you did the singing voice in English. Yeah, yeah. So what happened was, well, what happened was, what had happened years was, ago they were trying to bring you know Japan to the states, and they were Deke Entertainment was just throwing it out there. This was the first big anime series that came to the U.S. So it was popular in Japan, but it was we, didn't really Japan. Have, we didn't no really have it here. It. Yeah. Yeah. And, and think about, you know, back in the day, when we saw a Japanese anime like Speed Racer, it was the weird eyes. We thought it was yeah. like really ugly, ugly Like it wasn't drawings. a thing yet. No, no. Now it's and over. This, yeah. Overly loved. Yeah. And no one wants to see our American stuff anymore. Right. So I got hired just as a, you know, singer for the project and... You know, I so got, you sang the voice of Sailor Moon. She's an anime cartoon. What's her story? So she's like this sassy schoolgirl who has special powers. Okay, and she has all these Sailor Scouts. So they're schoolgirls, young in their little school outfits, and then right. when they transform, they're like little superheroes, kind of like little um, Power Rangers, yeah, yeah, but yeah. not quite. Right, and they all had different powers, but they were really good friends. Sailor Moon herself was sassy and bratty and funny, and right. it was just a great show that really encouraged young kids, especially kids that had different, maybe they weren't the superstar of the cheerleading team, the right. underdogs. They it was really like for the olive misfits. underdogs. Yeah, misfits. Yeah. I love it. And so you were the singing voice. Were there a lot of songs in the show? Yeah, so she, um, there was a girl that voiced her speaking voice, but during her transformation from uh, the, the young schoolgirl into the Serena princess queen right. everything, the the main song, my the called "Power of Love." Yeah, was was in. There's very pinnacle moments where that the music. It's not like she's singing them in the show per se, but they're happening around pinnacle times of the storyline of right. the show. Right, and they're sort of speaking for her in a way. They're it's, it's like from her mind yeah. she's singing these. Right, things. this isn't like dreams she... sequences. You know, like that kind of I stuff. I love that. And you were telling me that you did this, like, what year would that have been? 94, right around 94. the same time I did Roundhouse. Right, yeah. right around the time we, we, we were hanging out and stuff like that. And you forgot about it? You're forgot working, about You're it. working in Nashville. You're singing with bands, doing different kind of gigs. Had no idea that Stale... Because, A, I was already 25 years old when I voiced the project. And I, I was trying to be a, the next, you know... Celine Dion. Yeah. So I wasn't watching this stuff. Right. I was auditioning and trying to keep right. the jobs rolling. And as I was working for Disney and all that stuff, when I moved to Nashville, you know, I didn't know. I didn't even have TV. So years later, a sound guy who's kind of a, a gaming geeky chic geek guy. Knows that world. Who knows that world. Said, Jen, you're the singing voice of Sailor Moon. What the F bleep are you doing? You say it. What the fuck, Jen, you idiot. Yeah. You should be fucking going to Comic-Con. <laughs> you should be cashing in on this, this and because this show has a million fans now. And more too, like a gazillion. Yeah, yeah, yeah gazillion. like, like it's and they huge. rebooted it again and added more fans to it because they did when Deke Entertainment lost his rights or whatever. I don't know the whole story. And Viz brought it in, even though they're doing the Crystal, the new stuff. It still brings the new fans back to watching right. the original. It's part of the whole. So franchise. It, it has kept me alive doing my singing at fifty something years old and not a skinny hot chick anymore i'm you know i'm still no one cares what i look like right they just want to hear those songs they just want to hear those songs and they love them so you would become a part of a phenomenon and you didn't know it had no clue and what was it that made that sound guy connected how did he how did he learn that you were the voice of sailor moon were I, you just having well, a conversation yeah i mean they they all knew that i did like the hot pocket right yeah, yeah. and i had done some cool hot other pockets. hot pockets that's me yeah um i had done a lot of other cool like right. jobs but i don't i don't I just may have brought it up. It just came like, up somehow. What? 
So what's your, what's your next step? You're like, I need to look into this. Do you go on Google? Yeah. So he had a friend who, because um, there's cons and the con world now is very huge. Right. Comic con and drag con. Well, and even everything. just anime con, like yeah. Comic con and, and Dragon con. I'm not even big enough to yeah. go to those. Yeah. Those people don't want me. They want the major slip. Yeah. They, want they want the Arnold Avengers. Schwarzenegger yeah. and the Avengers and the right. Marvel people. I'm just little baby Sailor Moon. Right. But to anime, anime conventions, I'm like the top tier. Yeah. So I can do this for as long as I want to. Right. You're the Madonna of anime. Yes. The Lady Gaga of anime. Because I would, yes, yes, yes. So you call, uh, what was the first event you went to? Okay, so my friend, the sound guy that said, hey, Jen, what are you fucking doing in this stupid van? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you crying thinking your career is over at 48? And he goes, you could be doing these cool conventions and singing. So he hooked me up with a friend of his that was on the, um, you know, the organizing crew for yeah. that convention, Middle Tennessee Anime Convention, MTAC. Right. That was the first one I did. I was blown away. I didn't even know what I was doing. You walk in, you don't know, and they're just, it's almost like you've been living in a parallel universe or Yeah, they're like, they're like crying, meeting me, and I'm like, I'm looking behind <laughs> me going, who are you looking at? Because you're not crying right. because of me. Right. So Jennifer th- Aniston must have just walked yeah, in. Yeah, like, where's, uh, you know, Katy Perry <laughs> back right. there? No, they so, freaked out. So what do you do at the convention? Do you sing? Do you sign autographs? What's the, so, yeah, what's the whole, like? The whole cool thing about what I bring to the convention is that I they want to hear those songs. Right. They want to hear those songs. And now that I'm an adult, mature woman, and I've gone through heartache and shit in life that makes us better actors and writers right. and singers, worldwide, I really tell my story. You can feel into I them. I really sing these songs, and they cry. And then I add other songs, like... That's a thank you to them. Like I sing Remedy by Adele right now, but I've sung okay. Kristen Chenoweth stuff. I've sung stuff from oh, Broadway. So I get to add, so I don't get so tired of singing those songs. Right, you get to bring us some of what you and want. And then they're like blown away because of the personality that I am. And I'm really like an uplifter and a cheerleader for these kids. Because right. a lot of these kids that like this stuff are definitely not the... Not the cool kids. Yeah, not the cool kids. They connect to that. But they all find each other and they're cool there because they're in a cool cosplay. It, it really equalizes them and they feel special. And a lot of them and have you depression can see and, or whatever. You can see and feel that coming from them. Uh, that must be so fulfilling in a way. It really is. It's it's amazing. That's what... And I didn't know I was walking into it until I did a couple of them and then I, I started pu- putting the dots together. I'm like, mental health is very... And I speak out about mental health because I suffered from some major depression years ago. And I got well. And I, my girlfriend kept telling me, Jen, because of your personality and your singing, there's going to be a platform where you can use this story. Right. Sure enough, it's symbiotically or... It sort of all comes together. Yeah. So I'm beyond grateful. Well, as a fan, if I were a fan of that, it would be so cool to see you because it's not just you signing autographs at a table. You're actually doing a performance. I do the whole concert about an hour long. Then right. I do the signing. Do you take I, band members? Well, now I don't because yeah. it's too expensive for right. a band. The, the ones I, I did Anime Expo right yeah. for that MTAC because I'm from L.A. But yeah. I live in Tennessee now. So I've done quite a few in L.A. And so I hired a band. My nephew lived here at the time. Right. So I hired his band to right. do. And that's when my friend Adrian came and saw me at one of those who lives here. Dennis yes. knows him. And he was like, Jen, do you realize there was 300 people in line waiting for my autograph? And he's like, Jen, you're famous and you don't even know it. He was yeah. cracking up he's like i'm so proud of you i didn't know how proud i was of you right so it's like that's where we got the connect that wow this is sailor moon stuff's really big and I it's didn't know kind it. of an interesting thing because you can go into that world and be a superstar and then leave and go to target and nobody and nobody yeah you don't you, you get you get a taste of fame without a lot I, of the, the other be- stuff it's actually the best of both worlds because i i'm very humbled by how much they love right sailor moon those songs you know music is therapy it's a 
it's an instant mood changer. It can yeah. help you when you're sad, yeah, in love, depressed, happy, whatever. So those songs, they will cry because they think back to maybe their mom was going through a divorce or they were breaking up with a kid right. or, or another, you know, and I have the fan bases anywhere from 15 to 40, right. depending on if the mom got the kid into it now, they yeah. watched it, you know, so it's, it's really, I, I don't know, I'm so humbled. I still am never taking it for granted that they love that stuff. And it had been 20 years, 20 25 plus, 25 years 25. since you even remember. And, and they're probably like, what was it like when you did it? And you're like, fuck. And I, I go, I was, I was in Tyre for three months. Yeah, I go, I yeah. I, I tell the a, story. I think it was in Burbank. Like, you don't remember. I was that. in someone's home studio. Yeah. And they go, so tell it. Because I do panels. Sometimes I'll do yeah. panels on how to break into the business. Right. And they want to know and every I, detail. And, and I like, tell these funny stories. And they're I'm like. Trying to remember. They're like, wait, it's not more exciting? Yeah. <laughs> like, the story of what it is. Like, I said, it's fun now hearing how it all came about. Yeah. But. But back then it was just a gig. It was just another three months, three months, and I life. didn't even get paid that much for right. it. It was a buyout, probably. It was a buyout. But you're getting the last laugh now. I sure am. What is her voice like? Is it your voice, or is it a little different? Yeah. So they wanted me to sound. They dumbed me down. Right. They wanted me to sound like you know, airy, not Ariel, Disney esque. Right. And young. Young, and I was young. Yeah. And white, no vibrato. Right. Really clean tones. No ri- No. No riffs. No riffs. No, no, no licks. Just really straightforward. So when I sing it now, I add a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. To it. And sometimes the fans are like, we want you to sing it more like the album. But most of them are like, we like that you're putting your life experience into it now. I'm, and do it's you talk better. in between songs? Do you yes, I do a whole panel. Oh. I do question and answer. I want to come see sometimes it. I do like a dance contest. I it just depends it. on the energy of the of the crowd. I love it. What's, what is what are the other people that are in that world like? What are the other guests like? Is it has it become like a community to you, or is it? Here's the odd thing: it's very rare I get to hang out with them because right. they're all doing their Everyone's own. Everyone's doing things. their own thing. So maybe I'll see them at the at the green room, or the airport, something, or something. Yeah, or the airport. But I only recently have I I did a con out in Utah a couple weeks ago, and I got to hang out with the other guests, and it's so much more fun because. Yeah. All of them live here. They all yeah. live in L.A. Right. And a lot of them I know just from doing cons, and then I have old friends that I've done other jobs with that now are doing that. Right. Like from Universal, a lot of my friends are doing voiceover. And yeah. A friend of mine's a director. Now nice. We're in the band singing together. So everybody's kind of found their little way. It's have given you, a lot of people work, which is awesome. Yeah. Have you gone out of the country for it, or is it mostly in the States? Australia, like, where is it taking yeah. it? It's anywhere I want it to be. Wow. It's Aust- I went to Australia, Malta for a week. I've gone to Canada. Um, there's, they're all over. What's the, what's London, a, everywhere. What's a fan encounter that was memorable? Either moving or a little nutty or oh a gosh, little scary? There's so, there's so many. The, one really good story. Um, this girl came up to me and I was, when I was singing for the symphony and I, I've just recently lost about 40 pounds. Good for you. I'm trying. I'm trying. I got to be healthy. And I was a big girl and I... I didn't let anybody know that I wasn't feeling good about myself because all the people in the anime world, it's every body style. There's, it doesn't, no one cares if you're right. 300 pounds and you're wearing a little Sailor Moon outfit. Yeah. And I love that about it. I felt very welcomed and accepted. Right. And this girl came up to me and I was getting ready to sing and it was fan. She walked on stage and she grabbed my hands and she said, I'm just so proud that you're a fluffy, heavy girl and you inspire me that it's okay to be heavy. Yeah. And I was like, I, I was like trying not to cry right. because she just, she didn't realize how much she helped me right. by saying that because my confidence had really, right. I hadn't dated anybody for a long time. You know, the, this world's so visual right. and in the entertainment business, if you know, you're, you're washed up at 25, right? So, especially as a female. Yeah. So I just was 
that just made it. And so I always felt bad, like, well, I should stay heavy and curvy because those girls want me to be that way, but they all want to be healthy. But right. she just validated. She didn't, that comment didn't only help her. It really helped me. That's beautiful. So that was a, I get a lot of that type of stuff. I actually. love that. I love that. And all for this project that you did all those years ago. Exactly. What a gift in your life, right? It's just tremendous. It's a tremendous gift. I feel like I reboot, God gifted me. Right. Rebooted me just when I was hanging on to that last little thread of that stupid band I was in. Right. Because I had gotten fired from some other bands because I had gotten heavy. Or right. Getting older. And I saw the writing on the wall. I took on a whole other business. Yeah. And you know, I'm a crafter and I make things and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Not married with kids. So I'm always creating something. Right. Because that helps my heart and soul. Right. How has your relationship to singing changed over the years? Because when I met you, you were one, like the best singer I'd ever met or knew that I was close to. And I remember how you would sing and you would sing at shows and different things. We did a show together. We did a lot which of Which I want to break down. Oh, yeah. We had to do a little remember, part. I know. Miss Bird. Yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> but how has singing changed for you? Were there times when it went away? Were there, was there times when it was, was has it been a never, gift for you? Never been away. I've been a professional singer for 41 years. Oh, yes. Now, has there been times when it's been... Less, absolutely. Has right. there been times when I had to do have other side gigs? Right. Yes, but really, I have made my living as a singer for. But you never, years. but it never felt like I need to put that away right now. It always, always there never. for you. That's always what's driven yeah. me to life. Yeah, and it's opened up a lot of other doors too, right. just creatively. What is your relationship to your voice? Does it feel like a gift, something you got that you need to use? Does it feel like something you worked really hard for, or even when you first realized you could sing? Right, so I was really young. I did yeah. Annie when I, in 1978 when I was yeah. 12, and I yeah. was singing as a kid, right. just in musical theater stuff, you know, right. wrote local theater. I felt like, yeah, it. I knew what I wanted to do from a young age. I wasn't good in school. I was ADD. I was like, I don't need school. I'm going to be a singer. Right. Because it I, it was born into me. Right. It was, it was a gift from God, and right. I'm just going to use it. And, I, and it's right. such a, if I don't sing, it's like an emotional release. I realize sometimes if I haven't sung for a while, I haven't done a concert, I'll just put some music on at home because I need to get, that's how I kind of get it yeah. out emotionally. Yeah, Does that yeah, make sure. sense? Absolutely. I was at a concert recently. Um, what did I go see? Uh, oh, Sarah Bareilles. Oh, I love her. And I, and I really, I've done some uh, research into meditation in the last few years and like that, yeah. that idea of being in the moment. I think when you're a singer, you kind of have to be in the moment for that entire show. You, you know, because you've got... You can't fake it. You, yeah, you, and you have to be... The music's going on without you. So you have to... You can't be thinking about what just happened or what's going to happen afterwards. I mean, of course, you could be distracted that way. But it's almost like a meditation. And to have that for two hours every night, say you're on the road or whatever. Right. I, and I, people I feel, that are touring like Adele or Katy Perry, yeah. that I'm not that. Right. They're doing that. I mean, right. I'm a much many more levels below that. Right. I do three times a month, so very different. But when you're in the song... Yeah, you're... Yeah, you're in it. That, and it feels like a great place, a healthy place to be. Again, that is a very great emotional release, release. for me. Yeah. Even if it's I'm singing a sad song or a happy song, it's how I express yeah. my joy and love and encouragement and sadness and all the emotions that we have to, and you also, that we stifle if we don't get yeah. them out. And then how awesome Hot Pockets are. Was, did all you do was the hot pockets? No, or was there more to, there's yeah. a whole jingle. You want me to sing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you want a hot meal without a big deal, what are you going to pick? Hot pockets when a hungry bunch shows up for lunch. What are you going to pick? Hot pockets when it's late at night and you want a tasty bite. What are you going to pick? Hot pockets. I love it. I, I want to go get hot pockets right now. <laughs> I love that you're... There were like even like little inflections, little like Jennifer C-isms. I was like, yes. 
Do you remember I hosted an Oscar party in Los Feliz in 1998, the year of Titanic? And I wrote, yeah, we sang came, together. Didn't I sing it? You sang and I wrote parody lyrics. And I sang the parody to My Heart Will Go On? Yeah. And it was and about And I had how, the big necklace. Yeah. I have a picture of that. And it was about how, the, the lyrics were about how sick she is of singing it already. <laughs> like... I had pictures I just I, I wish recently I could remember saw. the lyrics. And I had this big yeah. blue heart necklace on. Yeah. You found it for me or something. Yeah, yeah, and you nailed it. But and I, I sang that my heart will go on? Yeah, and the lyrics were about how yeah, you, you're this always fucking greatest. song, yeah. I don't want to write this, I can't sing it was, this song. We, we broke down the house. On yeah, it was good. It was good. Now, you and I did a cabaret show together. Oh, my God. My I think in memory. 92, 93. I still have the VHS tape. You do? I should make, do you have one? Because I should make a I DVD. I probably do somewhere. I should make you a DVD because it's um, hilarious. I've watched it. You've watched it? I, Not in the last 10 years. First of all, I, I was wearing a weird hair club for men thing at the time, and you called it <laughs> <Yeah>. the flap. <laughs> You named it the flap. I like. I don't have a lot of hair, although I do but better you, now. It looks great now. Well, Why did I you wear the flap? It was like a bang. It, it was like a bang, but also I was, I I was receding, and I've used Propecia, I think successfully. So, so you had some regrowth then. Yeah, I think a little bit, but also anyway, I was like, I want to try this. I want to have bangs. Flap. Yeah, and it was like, I don't know. I don't know if I. I think I was fooling some people. Not a lot. I did it for a while and let it go. The point is that was during that time. But the funny thing is, I remember more about what you sang than what I sang. And we sang some things together. You sang Miss Bird. Miss Bird. Which is from what show? Closer Than Ever? Uh, I don't remember, but yes. And And I I sang The Colors, The the Colored Lights. Yes. That was also from As the World Turns Around and Goes Around. That's a really brilliant song. Right. But then what is the duets we did together? We did a boogie medley, which was all songs with the word boogie in the title. Yes, it was like disco songs. Yeah, it was like Boogie Fever, Boogie Oogie Oogie. Um, I have to get that tape out. Um, there were like four songs, but we sort of did this thing that we've lost this thing in our culture and we want to, we want to bring it back and it's called the boogie. And then we sang all songs. It, boogie we had theater, so much fun. Boogie nights. That. Here come the animals. Hi. Hi, this is my roommate Penelope. Hi. This is Gretel. Oh this is my, my old gosh. friend Jennifer Sihi. And we're doing an interview we're right now. We're doing an interview. And Look at the babies. Oh. They're so precious. That's oh Enzo, the Look wonder Look at Falcor right here. I Love know. it. Her, him, And her, this is Gretel. Him. Are they and best friends? They're best friends, and Gretel always oh cleans God. up Enzo's eye gook. Oh, they lick the eye gook? Those dogs get that a lot. Yeah, they do, but she cleans it up. I don't know. Uh, oh, there yeah. goes to the water. They went out. But Oh, wait, what happened? Uh-oh. <laughs> everything's going to hell. As I'm we putting this on mute. I know. Sidebar. I know, right? Oh. Make sure this is still on. Kamala that, Harris just dropped out of the race. Is that still on? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Make sure, because it's not the sound. Yeah, no, this is the sound. Okay. But there, this is a backup. We're okay, really we're rickety good. right now. We're all rickety right now. We're all good. Um, but I remember we sang Boogie, um, boogie, boogie stuff, But I don't remember what my solo songs were. I, I might have been writing already. Might have been do, I you might have done some, some of my own songs. Things? I don't know. Um, and I was trying to think. It was at this cool place called the New York Company. But the thing I do remember is we, we had really we had cool. had a lot of people come, too. Yeah, and we had really cool invitations made. I still have one of those. That three-part fold. It, it folds when out. We were, we were in the movie theater, like, little making those. We went yeah, to and do, like, those. those little snap. Those what are those called? Photo booth Photo strips. booth, yeah. And we did a thing. I still have that. I know. Jenna, we in really, my time capsule. 
I, I think I, we should I, do another one. I would love to do another one. Okay, unless I'm yeah. serious as a heart attack, we're going to plan it for 2020. Okay, then we're I, have to, come, I miss, You book it. I miss you book music. the place. Okay. We will work remotely from Nashville. I love it. We'll do it. Because I have another show. friend that wants to do something like that too, so then we'll just. And we have to use tape footage from that old thing, and I can talk about my flap and like. <laughs> and I was wearing like a short mini skirt with, with a jacket that ripped away and had a bra top. Yeah, do you we, remember that? Yeah, it was hot. It was hot. <laughs> I don't remember any of the things I sang besides the boogie medley and we i have it on i'm gonna go yeah. home i still have vhs okay. i have I'm it somewhere have it. too but and anyway show you a picture of it that was an amazing thing oh my all right God, that was so fun. okay you need to go to the airport pretty soon but we picked some questions from yeah, the observation let's pick deck. Some question we're, um, we're good with time we're good what was your worst audition or job interview i was drunk at a job interview <laughs> i didn't get it yeah <laughs> it, was bad. it was bad i didn't realize i started i've had a few uh, bouts with some yeah know, alcoholism issues <laughs> What was the job interview? It was for going to work at a uh, a per- this was in Nashville for for a lady that's like an organizer and right. I showed up drunk. <laughs> right, didn't go that well. I, I must have had a little too much that breakfast time. Yeah, yeah. That was the the, the mental where mental yeah. illness days. <laughs> I love it. Well, you got through it. You didn't yes. get you didn't get the gig. I'm not drunk anymore, but today I've had a few. Just kidding, yeah, no, I know. on the plane maybe. Oh wow! All right. Have you ever written a fan letter or an email? Yes. To Cynthia Revo, who stars in The Color Purple, who yeah. I'm crazy about. She just did her hair at Yeah. And I know all about her career. I'm, I, I'm secretly a fangirling her, always. And I'm on her Instagram. She's, she made me a better singer, because I watch her, and I learn from her. She's 30-year-old, 32-year-old. UK. She's from the UK. Yeah, she's gorgeous, and she sings her mother freaking face off. Did you send her an email or write her on Instagram? No, I wrote her a, a note, and I sent her a package to the, the after the I saw Color Purple. I don't know if she ever got it. Right. I said to her, like, this beautiful cross and a candle and throat coat. Yeah. And a singer to a singer. Yeah, she throat goes, coat. That's so thoughtful. Well, and, you know. Yeah. I'm a singer. She's an That's amazing awesome. singer. That's awesome. She, you know. I never got to that. see her do the Color Purple, but I wish I had. Everyone she said won it was, a Tony for it. It was, it was uh, Blown away. Amazing. I cried. It changed my yeah. life. What was your most glamorous night? Goodness. That night with you, when I showed up to your, um, you had a party. Right. A birthday party, and I came with my boyfriend. It was before I moved away. Right. And it was at some swanky restaurant or hotel uh, place down in, in, in L.A. It was your birthday, I think, and it was at this bar. This yeah. is a while back. I was probably 30. You had a birthday party or a show or was a book it a signing. Pedro's grill? It might have been a book signing. It was upstairs in like some hotel. Was it at the Chateau Marmont for the Misadventures in the 213 that was it. launch Chateau party? Chateau Marmont. You know what's weird is I That was, was so fun. I went to that. I would say that was my most glamorous night too. The, mo- the night that felt, felt the most you, like Everybody was shining there. You were shining well, was, and buzzing and beautiful. I remember and vividly I, standing, I think that was right before I moved to Nashville. Yeah, it was 98. I remember vividly standing on the balcony because my publisher had rented the penthouse. I remember vividly standing on the balcony with him and looking out at Sunset Boulevard and the Marlboro. I made it. And the Marlboro sign and just going, it was a feeling of like... Like I did it. I like did something a, right. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, but also looking ahead, like the future. It was just a great That was a fun... I remember that, I that night. And... <laughs> I also remember Laura Linney was at that party. This yes, guy that yes, I know, yes, brought her, yes. uh, Alan Poole, and and she was nice. And then two of my friends, um, my publisher was like, "We have to get everyone out because I'm sleeping in this room, right?" And I had to chase two of my friends out of the bathroom who were fooling around. Uh, were they doing guys. something else too? Maybe some lines of coke. Or something? I don't think they're doing lines of coke. I think they were blowing. <laughs> there was blowing happening. What? Oh, and you mean blow jobbing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can we talk about that on this? Yeah, for sure. I won't say who they are. Blow jobbing. Yeah. <laughs> 
but but when they came out of the bathroom, I remember Tony, my then roommate, uh, he he grabbed the camera and he goes, "Let me get your camera. I want to get a picture of Tacky." And he took a picture of them coming out of the bathroom. It was a little bitchy, but uh, he was a little bitchy funny. sometimes, but funny, very funny. <laughs> but it was bitchy. memorable, and very I, funny but bitchy. But it was also they also were like. It was a little rude of what, for them at a party to do that and blah, blah, blah. So but that it, just, yeah. It was an evening. That was thing. a glamorous night, remember that? That was night. a glamorous night. And I think that's interesting that you picked my thing as your glamorous night. I'm touched. All right. It was really fun. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you look really hot here, in by the, the way. On the picture on the cards? Like, that's not that, that fought long ago, is it? Mm, it was It was a few years ago. But Maybe my, friend, my friend Danny took the picture. That's and... a gorgeous, handsome picture Thank you. of you. And I've seen I'm, this I'm in thinner. other places. I'm thinner in Yeah, that, but it's but just it's a okay. good face. It's just like a good shot. It's a good, a good countenance. Angle. It's very good. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You look like that to me still. I love it. Um, what do you love about Nashville? Uh, I love how friendly people are. Right. And I love how open it is there. No, there's not pretentious bullshit in Nashville. Right. You can actually walk up to someone in the grocery and go, hey, I know you're a songwriter. Like if hey, you saw Trisha Yearwood at the Piggy well, Wiggly. not quite Trisha, but right. yes. Right. People are just, it's a good old boys club there. Yeah. A little bit, you kind of have to, you know, you kind of have to kind of get the southern style you can't be super duper aggressive there like i was la when i right. first got there but it's just it's got a lot of southern charm and it's i love it beautiful there i'll and never you, move back here you live on a lake i live on a lake i see the lake and a restaurant i can walk to that's from my bedroom window i see the lights at the restaurant i love right it. in the lake it's like a, yeah, like yeah, a harbor yeah. little harbor there yeah, or yeah, a, yeah whatever that's called there you go and when you went there what was the goal to do recording to write songs yeah so to sing i on yeah, I had a girlfriend who was a songwriter, and we were like in a duo, and she was a real big country um, writer, and I was pop singer, but she sang country, so we we kind of fused together to try to do something like what Big and Rich would have been when they right. came out. We were doing it before Big and Rich, right. but since Nashville was still kind of conservative, and we weren't 20 years old, like right. Taylor Swift, they liked us. We almost got a record deal because we had really cute, funny lyrics, but it was good songwriting. We were a little too on the... We were a little uh, sassy, and so we did not get a record deal. Right. Then, then Gretchen Wilson came out with Big and Rich, and they blew. Right. We just were a little too before our time, little... but too old. Right. So, but then I got me to Nashville, and I, that girl that I used to sing with, and I did the Smooth Moves with her. She's a brilliant million-dollar, you know, number yeah. one hit writer. She's great. I love it. When was the time when you were the most nervous before a singing job? Was there ever one of those big ones where you're like, I feel so nervous right now. I never used to get nervous until I just, uh, I think I told you this at breakfast, <clears throat> when I when my confidence got stripped from me is when I was having issues with some depression. Right. And I actually got stage fright, even to sing in a little gig that was someone's wedding. I had to right. pop the clonopins to right. not have a nervous, freaking freak out anxiety attack to be able right. to... Once I got through the first couple notes of the song, you were fine. Then I was like, okay, but leading up to that, my the girl I sang with, she was always like, Jen, you're the best singer I know. You've been doing this 80 years. Why? Right. I go, it has nothing to do with that. If your confidence isn't intact, right, it strips you of everything. It has it's what, what's going on inside of you. Yeah, and it's I had just, a couple years where I had to pop the clonopins. Sorry, y'all, clonopins are good, but don't pop them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you got through it. Lots of help and therapy and doctors and reading and therapy and doctors and psychotherapy and yeah. And what are some of the takeaways from your journey? Like what, what is it that kind of led you to be standing here Uh, and actually sitting here? By standing here, I mean sitting on my couch. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like 
even though that was complete hell and I always called the walking dead because my lights were on, my eyes were open, but I was dead inside. Right. I feel, and I've told you this phrase earlier today. I feel like when you have cracks in your life and your heartbreak or health problems, right. It, you know, it's there cause there's, there's a reason the light's supposed to come in. The light doesn't necessarily show up right away. It may take 10 years, five years, but it made me way more compassionate person, right. way more understanding person, made me a better singer a better daughter, a better friend, a better human being. How has going through what you went through bled over into what you do now with Sailor Moon and going to these places? And I bet it's a whole different thing than it would be... If I didn't go through that. Yes. Yeah, so a lot of the kids and people that are into cosplay in this animated world, yeah. they are a lot, a lot of them are on the spectrum with depression right. or Asperger's or autism or eating disorder, whatever. You know, it's transgender right. it's, it's all on that spectrum now it right. used to be only seven mental illnesses yeah. schizophrenic was one of the top and bipolar now it's like it all is on there's there. a lot of people dealing with a lot of things there's a lot of people oh so i know I, enzo loves you look he just is look, right he just put his well because i right loved on. he knows i love animals yeah so i think that when i at first when i started first started doing the conventions i didn't quite understand the fan base and then as i started doing more and more i started i started seeing there's a crossover here i could I, because I'm Sailor Moon, they look up to me, and I'm a lot older than these people. Maybe there's some light I can shed on it. So when I tell my story, when it's appropriate at certain conventions, they just flip out because they think, well, she's doing really great, right. and she wasn't, and look what she's doing now. Right. So that gives me a little hope. She's like me, and she did she's this thing. She's like me, and yeah. I tell my horrible, ugly story. It's ugly and yucky, right. but it's helpful to them. Yeah. That's so great that you're able to bring that. To the kids and to the people. And just and the adults, yeah. too. Sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. the parents, and they're struggling, too. It's every, it, Everybody knows. It's like, yeah. what's that saying with the with all the men, you know, sexually harassing the women, the Me Too movement? Yeah. Well, the Me Too movement used to be, no kidding, you too, me too. I know someone with mental illness. It's yeah. like, no, no, really? You too have bipolar? Yeah, yeah. You too have depression? Right. So before all that sexual crazy stuff, which is horrible, came out with right. all these celebrities... Every lot of people were suffering from depression or right. whatever. And everybody had a family member or somebody knew someone or had it themselves or, you know, had been touched by mental disease. D I S S E A Z S E. Disease. That's what I call it. It's a disease. Right. Disease. Interesting. Dis hyphen ease. Yeah. Disease. Because that differentiates it in your Well, when you say disease, people are so afraid. It's like the. People are freaked out. Heart, mental illness it sounds, sounds so, so fatal. scary. Yeah. It sounds fatal. Like you have diabetes, you're gonna take a shot, right? Yeah. Great. Do you have mental disease? Get some treatment for it. Yeah. It's not so like I'm meaning afraid. sort of like unease. Like it's a way of it's just a way of thinking about that word. It just makes it it makes it more manageable. Know, manageable. Yeah. I love it. Here's another one you picked. If you could relive one day from your childhood, what would you? What would it be? The first day I did the performance of Annie when we opened at the Current Theater in San Francisco. Was it just electric? It was amazing. What do you remember about it? Okay, so I paid the I played Pepper, not right. Annie. I was right. Pepper the bratty one, very appropriate for Jen Jen. And um, I remember opening day, we did our show, and we had been rehearsing for you know three months. And I got you know it was the first national tour, so it was still on Broadway. So Annie was what every show, every little right. kid wanted to well, be. Well, so many young people, that, all the actresses that I interviewed, so many are like when I saw Sarah Annie. Sarah Jessica Parker was in it. There's so many people that were either, in the show. Either people that were in it, or that's when I saw that I decided that's what I wanted right. to do. That was a big touchstone for. Really was. My and, and it was so fun when you did it. I remember just it was opening nights. So there was a lot of celebrities in right. in the audience and stuff. We had a big party. I remember just being. 
It's 12 years. I thought, if this is the only show I ever do, this is going to be okay. This is the most greatest moment of my life. Little right. did I know I was going to do other bit, greater, greater, best, right. and equal, and not as equal moments, but wow, and the cheering, you know, 3,000 seat theater, and my family being there. I mean, I just felt like I'm the luckiest kid on the planet. What a mature attitude to have about that. Because it would, you know, to be that grateful that young. Because a lot of times you have to get the shit knocked out of you. Yeah, a little bratty kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stage kid. Next? Yeah. I was not a stage kid. I remember. I had like that Oprah-ness about me when I was young. You I know, love that. The Oprah-ness. I the gratitude remember part. seeing Billy Elliot with my friend Tom Storr in New York and walking down the stairs behind a couple. Oh, Billy Elliot, the show? Yeah, the show. And they, one of them said, you know, for that, that kid, that star, it's going to be, it, he's got such a bright future ahead of him. Right. And my first thought was, what's going to be better than this? He's yeah. the star. Right. He's the on star. On Broadway. Right. Like, like at 12 it's years It's all old. downhill from yeah, here. How does it, how would it go up? Because I thought the same thing. <laughs> how do you, where do you go from there? I know. But, and you and obviously can. You obviously can. And you can do things. And, and that's the thing. It's like not about the, the big jobs or the, it's ups and downs. It's sort of like the that even keel through all of it, right? That you right. kind of have to come to. Well, I, and you know, people say to me, well, you didn't make it, Jen. You're not, you're not Adele or Katy Perry. I said, bullshit. I didn't make it. In your eyes, I'm not famous. Like, well, now with Sailor Moon, I am. Cause everybody right. knows Sailor Moon. I just said, I've been a professional making my living as an entertainer or singer. I've actually made it just because I'm not on a magazine. Right. It was hard work. Like, I'm not the tier of, you know, Barbara Streisand, but right. I've been making my living as a singer and yeah. still at 53 years old and 190 pounds. Trotting it out. Remember we used to always say... fucking trotting it out. We used to always say trotting it out. I always think of you when I say trotting it out. I do too. And trotting like, it out. I say that's my friends yeah. on Facebook all the time. They go, trotting yeah. it out. What's that? Yeah. Like, only you know what that is. Dennis, means. you got so much going on. I'm just, I'm just trotting, trotting it out. Hey. Just fucking like a show humble. pony. Yeah, show pony. Just keeping it humble. Trotting it out. Trotting it out. We coined that phrase in this apartment. It, we did, and that's still with our many game nights or whatever. Still holds true. Trotting I out is. It. Was there ever a time when you were resentful about like, oh, why, why am, why am I not on the radio? Why am I? Did it ever like chap your ass in that no, way? No, I, I, it didn't because I felt like I was doing so much other cool performing live yeah. that I just felt like you know what, it wasn't the right timing because I did have many producers here and I made a couple right, of different of demos and yeah. stuff. And I thought that just wasn't supposed to be my path. I remember when you were smooth moose gal yes. going to see you perform. Yeah. Were you here? Yeah, at the Pantages. You did the smooth moves, the camel smooth moves. Yes, we were here. You're right. It was like a girl group. Yeah, five girls. I'm still friends with some of those girls. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you were the pussycat dolls of nicotine. Yes, well, it was before um, exactly. The, uh, Vicky, uh, uh, of cancer, of lung, it was you're right, the pussycat dolls of lung cancer. So what are you gonna do? The, the, the Spice Girls. Yeah, we were out before the Spice Girls came out. Yeah. They were trying to make us that, but yeah. then we didn't have the right record right. label behind us. It, did, it was just a promotional. It was just a promotional thing. Yeah, but I they remember didn't know what they were doing in the record. It was so business. fun to see you anytime we got to see you perform. It was amazing. Um, this has uh, been so great to catch up with you. I'm going to take you to the airport now. Enzo already misses you. Enzo is I'm my so favorite. Look at him. He's laying all... It's he knows really I love adorable. Him. I know. Is he this way with everybody? Yes, but this is extraordinary. Like He's it's, getting... He's like, hello. He's like, I, like, I know her already. He's, yeah, it's really neat. Maybe he smells I, I will my tell dog. you one story. About Enzo? I, yeah, about Enzo doing the podcast. I was interviewing this uh, uh, actor and writer named Jen Richards, trans uh, actor, uh, writer, and she... Um, Enzo just started barking in the middle of the thing. And I said, I'm so sorry. I don't know what he's barking at. And she goes, oh, I was talking about my father. And sometimes he 
uh, his spirit. Yeah. Animals, they feel it. My and, dog and that's is what, and it was my like the spookiest thing that happened on the podcast. You're like, and she was like, oh chills. yeah, this happens all the time. He's my father because his father was his yeah. his is um energy. She was, she was talking about her, her father, and the and dog like, can feel that. That's what she said, and that's and there was nothing. Usually, it's like a leaf blower or something, and it was just kind of mysterious. So he felt the other. Oh, I'm going to tell another Enzo story, and then I'm going to let you go. Um, Penelope, my roommate, was walking Enzo the other night, and he was looking under a car and growling like. Like there's a cat or something. Something under there, right? Oh, look, he got a uh, And then, and she knows his squirrel growl. She knows his other dog growl. She's like, something's up with that. And she ran into these neighbors, and they said they lost their cat three days ago. And they were really upset and distraught. And he, and, and Penelope remembered that Enzo had growled kind of strangely. And she went back there. Sure enough, there was the cat alive. And the cat came to her. Had it got hit or no, something? No, I don't, I think it, it was just got out. There? It was just hiding there. And Enzo saved the day. With his growling, he solved the mystery. And so, yeah, you're the cutest. Um, I have a couple more questions for you. What's the dream gig? I want to be on Broadway again. That'd be amazing. I have some friends who are producers, right? I have an agent now that can connect me up to auditions for Broadway. I just want to do six months. I don't even care if I'm the chorus or if I'm a cat and I go meow. (laughs) Yeah, I just feel like I want to get on Broadway, and I feel like I'm gonna do it. I love it, Jen. I want to come and see you on Broadway. Well, and I'm going to come visit you in Nashville. You can come anytime. I love Seriously, it. Seriously, you can stay as long okay. as you want. You yeah. get to, there's a restaurant there. Yeah, you have your own room, your own bathroom. Come anytime. How can people learn more about you? And is, is there a website or? I'm just on Instagram, Jennifer Seehy, yeah. and I do have a singer page for Sailor Moon, Jennifer hyphen singer. Right. Um, I do have a, a jewelry and candle line too. Oh, that that's I so deal cool! With, and I'm a personal chef as well, and I have a whole chefing business that we haven't even talked oh about yet. I, the side hustles. I mean, my I can't side stop hustle. Doing it. My side hustle has a side hustle. Yeah, it's my like, side hustle has three. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. She's trotting so, it out. Still. Spark and Sparkle is the candles spark jewelry and line. Sparkle. Spark is the candles, which okay. I have one for you. Brought one for you. I love that. And Sparkle is all the jewelry. So yeah, I make all and this crazy. I stuff. was going to give you a game today, but we don't have enough. No, I'll We're buy waiting. one. Okay, good. Um, which is my side hustle. And uh, okay, my final questions. Uh, my final question: Why do you sing? Whoa! Bob's trying happened? to tell me. Yeah. Why do I sing? Oh, Enzo. Whoa, Enzo's. Uh oh. Yeah. Is it, can you hear it? It's still good. Yeah, it's still good. Why do I sing? Yeah. Um. Because. Oh, Enzo, it's Enzo, okay, buddy. It's okay, hey. Why do I sing? Because it's it's in me. It just it came out of me since I was in the crib. Right. It just is what God meant for me to do. You have to do it. I, it's, I have no, I couldn't do anything else good. Yeah. So, when I was young. this is a really touching ending and your thoughts are so profound. <laughs> and we had the barking. And Enzo's like shitting all over it. Enzo, come here, Enzo. Enzo, why do you bark? Why do you bark? Think about it, buddy. Look at the tail. Look, Look he's tail. thinking so hard. Not the tail. He's really poking yeah, the tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's he's been happy so fun hanging out with you. I'm so proud of what you've Overcome, because I think when we're younger, we think we're, we're, we have we, no we cares. Have, we have we, no and cares. And we admire people that achieve certain superficial things, or right. this kind of thing, or money, or house, or this or that. And Fame. now I look at people and go, "Gosh, they what do they overcome? What do they overcome?" I think that's what moves people. Well, I can say people. right back to you. Thank I'm you. Proud of what you've overcome. Thank you. I appreciate what you it. Share with me today, which I had no clue. Over over, over lunch at the, over the, the good breakfast. Neighbor. A good neighbor. Thank you for entrusting me with yeah. your beautiful story. Thank you. Well. Thank you. Right back at you. Ditto, ditto. Okay, it's a love fest. It's a love fest. Yay! Okay, I'm starting to get choky uppy. Okay. Don't get choky uppy. Bye. Let's Can go to the airport. Continue. Okay. Thanks again to Jennifer Seehe for doing the podcast and for taking me to breakfast. She paid, by the way, 
And uh, she also ordered two games, I think. She's very excited to play the game. Uh, speaking of which, You Don't Know My Life is still available at its lowest price ever on Amazon, $29.99. So if you need something to play with your people between Christmas and New Year's, last year I did a little New Year's Eve game night, which was really fun. It's a great thing to do on New Year's Eve. So snap it up on Amazon before we raise the price again. Anyway, so this happened. Um, I went to two really interesting screenings with Q&As last week. One of my favorite things about living in L.A. is getting to go to movies and then seeing people talk afterwards. A lot of times it's the filmmaker or actors or whatever. Um, So I went to a screening of 1917, and the screenwriter, it was directed by Sam Mendes, and he co-wrote the script, and the screenwriter was there. Her name is Christy Wilson Cairns. Um, She's Scottish. She's relatively young, and I think this is her major first major film, although she worked on Penny Dreadful, I believe. Anyway, she was delightful, really fun and inspiring, and the film is shot as though it's all one take, and I think they sneak cuts in there. I know they do, but you don't quite know where. Maybe a few of them, you're like, oh, that was probably a cut, but um, they make it very seamless, and it's it really takes you on this journey, but um, afterwards, after the moderator turned it over to q and A, I I uh, asked if there were any happy accidents. Because when you have takes that are minutes long with action and everything happening, things could happen. And she told this one story about, there's a scene where the main character is running through, you know, a lot of obstacles. And he gets plowed over by an extra. Um and it wasn't supposed to happen. The the you know the extra maybe got pumped up with adrenaline and didn't go where they thought they were or went too fast. Whatever. He knocks the lead actor over, and Christy tells the story of like being in Video Village, you know, where they're watching the footage, and Sam Mendes being like, "Get up, get up," because they don't know if their actor's hurt if he's down for the count. And the guy gets up, and, and Christy said it was like being at a football or a soccer game. He's like, he's up! He's running! He's fucking up! He's running! So that's the take that's in the movie. And um, I felt very proud that I got that story out of her. I really, I'm going to own this. I need to moderate things like that, because I know what questions to ask. And I I feel like, I don't know, there's, a, there's just so many people that do that that... Maybe they have a name or whatever, but they don't get the stories. They don't get the stuff. Anyway, I got to step that up in the new year. Because I feel like, right now I feel like I'm a doctor on a plane and somebody's having a heart attack and I'm just sitting there not doing anything. I feel like I should put on a cape and dive in and use my um, experience and my passions and my, my knowing what question to ask. Anyway, so that was one screening. I highly recommend that movie. And I recommend it on the big screen. Uh, because it's quite an experience that way. Um, the other screening I went to, my friend Rebecca invited me to a screening of The Insider with a Q&A by Michael Mann, moderated by Ava DuVernay at the Directors Guild. And The Insider is the movie that came out in the late 90s, I believe it was 99, Russell Crowe played Robert Wiegand. Is that the name of the guy? The tobacco insider who went on 60 Minutes and you know, spilled the beans about how they always knew it was addictive um, and did things to make it more addictive. Um, and and Al Pacino's in it. Anyway, I, I remember liking the movie, um, but this sounded fun. And so I always love spending time with Rebecca. So we went. I was just so on the edge of my seat. Like, I was so into that movie. 
And it so speaks to what we're going through now with, uh, especially with the Harvey Weinstein story where NBC wanted to kill the story for its own corporate interests. Um, and the journalists were bucking it up against their own organization, which is exactly kind of kind of what happened anyway. Maybe not exactly what happened at CBS. Like, they, they had the story. They weren't going to run it because they were afraid they would get sued and the tobacco company would end up owning CBS. But Mike Wallace, who was the correspondent, was played by Christopher Plummer. And boy, is he complicated. He was kind of full of himself, but also didn't stand with the journalist at the end and then justified it in this kind of weird way. But it felt so true. It was so good. Russell Crowe was great. And he was really probably younger than the role. Like, he was an interesting choice at that time for that part. And he was so good. But Al Pacino, man... I was watching Al Pacino and I was just thinking of all the performances that he's done and all that, like, he's like this tour guide that has taken me onto all these, into all of these places, um, over his career. And I just think he's a treasure. Anyway, I just couldn't believe how timely and riveting and important that movie is and how well done it is. And it was fun to hear the Q and A after that. So anyway, those are my two movie tips. Um, I may do another podcast before the end of the year, but I don't know. I may not. That's how it, that's how it is. But uh, thank you so much for listening and um, enjoy the holidays. Have a wonderful time. And we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone.